All right, welcome back, everyone. I appreciate you joining me again on the Optimal You podcast. Today's episode is another one that can have a profound impact on your brain, body, health, and happiness. And our topic today is the E from our team acronym, which stands for eating. And just as a quick recap, on our last episode, we focus on the T, which stands for thinking. And if you haven't listened to that episode yet, which is episode three, I encourage you to do so because I provided information on the brain, the power of your thinking, how to master your mindset, and also included 12 tips and strategies that you can start as early as today. So again, go back and listen to episode three. But eating or nutrition can be a very complex and multifaceted subject. But I think the key thing to remember is this. It's all about fueling our bodies and minds with the nutrients and energy we need to live well and operate optimally. It's not just about weight or excess fat that we carry. Nutrition goes well beyond that, and this episode will explain. For example, did you know that what you can eat actually impacts your emotions and behaviors? And even on a more basic level, what you eat can actually increase or decrease the likelihood of you suffering from diseases and leading causes of death. Here's an analogy. Gas vehicles are designed to use one energy source, and that's gas. If you start putting other items in your gas tank, your car won't operate optimally, internal parts can be damaged, and you can quite literally destroy it. Well, the human body is similar. We weren't designed to put all the things in our bodies that we are today, particularly in such large quantities, you know, the ultra-processed foods, saturated fats, trans fats, refined flour, excess amounts of sugar. So we're damaging our bodies and brains. We're not operating optimally. And some people are quite literally destroying themselves. Our outline for today's episode is essentially a Nutrition 101 and 102 class tied into one. It includes some of the most important information about healthy eating. And at the end of the episode, I'll provide some simple strategies you can do to improve your eating habits, as well as some helpful hacks so you can actually sustain them. I purposely did not use the word diet because I think the word gets misused. I believe nutrition is a lifestyle, not a short-term fad, and that's what we're going to focus on today. I've been fascinated with nutrition for quite some time. I've read several books and research articles about the impact food has on our overall health, performance, our body, and our brain. I'm also a certified nutrition coach through the National Academy of Sports Medicine. And personally, I've also had to be extra diligent with my own nutrition as I have to follow a low FODMAP nutrition plan and I'm also gluten-free. You know, I think my respect and appreciation for healthy nutrition really took off when I was in college. One summer, I was playing on a summer collegiate baseball league in a different state with guys from all over the country. And when we went to one of our first team meetings, our manager had informed us that our team had a sponsorship from a fast food powerhouse. And part of that sponsorship included three free meals per day per player. And I remember how excited all the guys were because everyone's living away from home. No one really has a job. And now that's one less thing we have to worry about. You know, we don't have to go grocery shopping. We don't have to do food prep. We don't have to cook because we have this, this sponsorship that includes all these meals. But I remember after a day, maybe about day seven or eight, after eating at this restaurant at least twice per day, that I just kind of had a brain fog and felt sluggish and tired and I wasn't performing optimally. 
And I realized that it was because of the food that I was putting in my body. You know, unhealthy protein, a lot of refined flour, very little fruits and vegetables, terrible fats. And all of those items that I was eating was playing a huge role on how I felt. And I remember that day I telling myself that I will never eat at this restaurant again. And still to this day, I have never ate at that restaurant. And I don't really eat fast food anyway on a normal basis, but I've never eaten there again because I realized what that food was doing to me. And that's when I really started to appreciate how important it is to fuel your body and mind with healthy nutrition. Let's talk about the what and the why. It's important to provide some information about why nutrition is so important before we get into the how at the end of the episode. Hippocrates once said, let food be thy medicine and medicine be thy food. If you want to feel good, look good, have more energy, operate optimally, and unleash your ultimate self, you have to commit to eating healthy. It's a non-negotiable in terms of wellness. You cannot outwork or out-exercise poor nutrition. It's that simple. You have to feed your body appropriate and adequate micronutrients and macronutrients, which you're going to learn about very shortly. I think while most people are aware that food impacts their body, but what you eat also has a direct correlation on your brain's performance and your overall health. In fact, what you eat can protect you against and also lower the risk of suffering from many of the diseases that are so common right now. For example, research shows that you can minimize your risk of developing heart disease and cancer, which are two of the leading causes of death, by eating healthy foods. Eating healthy can also potentially help you to live longer, boost your immunity, boost your mood, and help you to maintain a healthy body weight, which is absolutely critical to your overall health. But I think one of the key areas to discuss that's really underappreciated is how important nutrition is to inflammation in your body. Because research suggests that certain macronutrients can have a major impact on inflammation in the body, which is a key risk factor for a range of chronic diseases. And this includes obesity, type 2 diabetes, and also heart disease. You know, a diet that's high in sugars, refined flour, processed foods, and certain fats has been linked with higher levels of inflammation. But conversely, a diet that is rich with fresh fruits and vegetables, healthy fats, and lean proteins can help to reduce inflammation. You know, it may sound obvious that a healthy diet is one of the most important steps you can take for a healthy, happy, and productive life. But to be blunt, if it were that obvious, more people would actually be doing it. Because America is approaching obesity rates of nearly 50%. So what the science is telling us is by about year 2030, it's expected that 50% of Americans will be considered obese. Americans' life expectancy ranks close to 50 out of almost 200 countries. And the standard American diet, or SAD, is awful for our overall health. It is incredibly inflammatory, and it's a leading cause of many of the diseases and a shorter lifespan. But think of the last time you visited your doctor. Did they ask you about your eating habits? Did your doctor talk to you about how significant your eating habits are in your overall health? Did they walk you through a nutrition plan or recommend you to an expert? And while I certainly understand that some branches of medicine operate differently and some have different philosophies, 
Nutrition isn't even something that's debatable. Everybody agrees on how important it is to health and well-being. But if you notice that a lot of TV and billboard ads don't really talk about healthy eating, but at the same time, you've probably noticed a lot of advertisements from major food companies that create, package, market, advertise, and sell foods that are unhealthy. Think about this. If healthy eating can reduce the risk of many of the leading causes of death, improve brain function, elevates mood, provides more energy, promotes overall well-being, is vital for maintaining good muscle mass and reducing body fat, then why isn't it a major focus? For some people, it may be because of how they were raised, what their parents fed them, what foods their parents prioritized, maybe frequent trips to unhealthy fast food restaurants, breakfast that consisted of sugary cereals, donuts, or bagels. But if you're a parent right now, and that was you, you probably understand that kids are very impressionable. If their parents are feeding them unhealthy foods, the trend is likely to continue. And if this happened to you, it's your job to change the narrative. Be the one that breaks the trend because if you want to feel better, look better, think better, perform better, be healthier, and have the same for your kids, you must eat better. Earlier, I mentioned eating habits and nutrition instead of using the word diet. Why? Because again, I believe the word diet gets misconstrued and misused. Some people hear the word diet and think of the latest fat or flavor of the week used for weight loss, but oftentimes these types of diets are short-term, unsustainable, and often lead to weight being put back on or even more weight gained. Instead, we need to commit to a lifetime of healthy eating. And this does not mean you can't enjoy some of your favorite foods or even some delicious desserts. It just means we need to eat healthy the majority of the time. It is better to make small incremental changes that are actually sustainable than it is to commit to an overly restrictive quote-unquote diet that is not likely to be followed. Healthy nutrition is the foundation for a healthy body and mind, and it's important to understand the fundamentals of balanced nutrition that includes both macronutrients and micronutrients, and you may have heard it called macros or micros. So now I'm going to go into an outline of some of the general information that is important to understand when it comes to nutrition. Macronutrients are nutrients that are required at large amounts and include carbohydrates, proteins, and fats. Each macronutrient is essential for various body functions. Macros is where you get your calories. Now let's talk really briefly about calories. A lot of times when people hear the word nutrition or diet, they focus specifically on calories and how many calories they should eat per day. Here's an interesting fact for you. One gram of protein has four calories. One gram of carbohydrates also has four calories. But one gram of fat has nine calories. Does this mean you shouldn't eat fat? No. In fact, fat is incredibly important. You know, people will sometimes ask, can you just tell me how many calories I should eat each day to maintain my weight or to lose weight? But it's really not that easy. If you want to lose weight, there's no denying that you must be in what's called a caloric deficit. But that does not mean you have to, if you eat 2,000 calories a day, that you have to work out to lose, you know, 2,500 calories. You know, some people I know, they'll be at the gym and look down at the treadmill and they'll say, um, I've only burned 200 calories or 300 calories. But it's not that simple because there's a lot of other factors that go into calories you burn. 
There's something called TDEE, which stands for total daily energy expenditure. And this is basically the total number of calories you burn per day and includes things from non-exercise activity, physical activity, even breathing, blood circulation, digestion, organ function, and more. And some of this is actually influenced by several factors, including your age, gender, and body composition. So it's very difficult to just simply provide a calorie number that's universally used for everybody. Now, there are formulas that can be used, but it's very specific to each person. But now let's get into macronutrients, and I'm going to keep it very simple. The first one is carbohydrates, and carbohydrates are the primary fuel source for your body. Carbs, as you may have heard them, provide essential energy for your body. Some of the healthy carbohydrates can be found in foods such as fruits and vegetables, quinoa, oats, brown rice, grains, and through a variety of other sources as well. Most people get the highest percentage of daily calories from carbohydrates. Again, this could vary, but for most people, they get the majority of their, carbo- their calories from carbohydrates. Protein is not a primary energy source, but protein is what literally makes us, uh, you know, from our muscles to our bones, our hormones, even our neurotransmitters. And protein is composed of amino acids, and it's essential for repairing tissues in the body and building muscle. When I'm developing a food plan, protein is where I start. And some of the best sources include eggs, chicken, lean turkey, Greek yogurt, steak, fish, and nuts. If you're someone looking to gain muscle, a diet rich in protein and appropriate amounts of carbohydrates, coupled with resistance training, which will be a topic of one of our future episodes, is recommended. But another key thing here in regards to protein is this. A diet rich in protein can help reduce appetite and promote feelings of what is called satiety, which is kind of like the feeling of being full. So if you're someone that's trying to lose weight, this is a very important concept to remember because if you can increase your lean protein intake, it might help you to feel full, which will then decrease your likelihood of eating some unhealthy foods. Now let's talk about fats. There are many different kinds of fats, and some of the examples are monounsaturated fats, polyunsaturated fats, trans fats, and saturated fats. But essential fatty acids are required by the body to function optimally, and healthy fats are found in foods such as nuts, avocados, and olive oil. I think fat gets a bad name, but some fats are critical, particularly monounsaturated fats, and some of my favorite sources are extra virgin olive oil, which I cook with and put on a lot of different foods, and also avocados, which I eat almost daily. Olive oil and avocados are monounsaturated fats, which have been proven to help your blood vessels and blood flow. And in addition to the benefits to your body, here's some of the things that olive oil and avocados can do for your brain. Olive oil has been proven to help fight brain decline and improve cognitive function. It also has an anti-inflammatory substance, and earlier we talked about the dangers of inflammation. And inflammation can also affect neuroplasticity and also lead to feelings of depression. Avocados are another monounsaturated fat. And avocados contain potassium, which helps to regulate blood pressure and helps with vascular health. They've also been proven to protect and enhance your brain. They have fiber, which is really good for your gut bacteria. They contain magnesium, which helps with brain function. And a lot of people with depression actually have magnesium deficiencies. And avocados are also a good source of vitamin E and carotenoids, which we will discuss very shortly. 
Studies have shown that nutrition can play an important role in brain function and that different types of foods can affect things like your mood, your cognition, and your memory. For example, foods high in omega-3 fatty acids such as fish and nuts have been shown to improve cognitive function and actually reduce dementia. Now, the quote-unquote bad fats are trans fats and excess saturated fats. The trans fats are created when liquid oil goes through this process known as hydrogenation. And this process is often used in a production of processed foods such as baked goods, fried foods, and snack foods. Now, saturated fats, on the other hand, are typically solid at room temperature and are found in foods such as meat, dairy products, and coconut oil. And while some saturated fats can actually be part of a healthy diet, consuming too much can raise cholesterol levels and increase the risk of heart disease. So it's very important to understand the difference between the good fats and the bad fats. So to quickly review, the good fats are the monounsaturated fats and polyunsaturated fats, and the quote-unquote bad fats are the trans fats and also the saturated fats. So that's macronutrients in a nutshell. Again, it's carbohydrates, proteins, and fats. Now we're going to move on to micronutrients. Micronutrients are required in small amounts and include vitamins and minerals. You see, they're needed by your body, but they're not produced in your body, so we must get them through what we eat. They're often referred to as micros and are found in animal and plant sources of food, as well as through supplements. And some of the common ones you've probably heard of before, you know, vitamin A, B, C, D, and calcium, copper, iron, magnesium, potassium, and zinc. Micronutrients are vital to organ function and to your immune system and to bone density and also other bodily functions. And it's important to eat a variety of healthy foods and included in these healthy foods is various fruits and vegetables. And this is so you can attain appropriate amounts of micronutrients. You've probably heard several times throughout your life that you should eat the rainbow of fruits and vegetables. But have you ever been informed of why? Well, it's because fruits and vegetables contain thousands of important chemicals. They contain phytochemicals, things like flavonoids, carotenoids, and polyphenols. And they have numerous health benefits for you. But these compounds are what give fruits and vegetables their colors, which is why you often hear it referred to as eating the rainbow. And these compounds have properties that can be anti-cancer, anti-inflammatory, antioxidant, which pretty much means they can help reduce and protect the body from damage that's caused by free radicals. And they can also reduce the risk of stroke, heart disease, and Alzheimer's. So some of the ones that really stand out are berries. And I, to me, blueberries are my favorite. But also eat a wide range of things like apple and citrus, grapes, onions, leafy greens, carrots, tomatoes, peppers, green tea, sweet potatoes, spinach, and also certain herbs. All right, let's talk through 12 tips and strategies that can help you on your healthy eating journey and also some hacks that can make these things sustainable. Number one, let's start with breakfast. I think it is far too common for people to eat a bowl of sugary, refined cereal, or bagel, or donuts, or toast, or even oatmeal. Instead, keep it simple and replace that with something that is high in protein. And in my opinion, I'd go with eggs. And I know for a couple of decades, eggs got a bad rap because your mom or grandma might have told you that they heard it can be dangerous for you and raise cholesterol levels and be unhealthy. But 
They may have also told you that salt was really bad for you and that you should replace your butter with Crisco and maybe even that smoking was healthy when they were pregnant. So instead, keep it simple, stick to the eggs. In fact, eggs have often been referred to as nature's multivitamin. Eggs contain things like vitamin B12, iron, choline, riboflavin, niacin, vitamin A, chromium, vitamin B5 and 6, and are a great source of protein. For me, I pretty much eat eggs six out of seven days a week. And the one, the days that I don't eat eggs, I might have a bowl of Greek yogurt with some berries on top or even some pancakes with my kids, or I'll just simply fast in the morning. So I eat eggs in the morning and start my day off with a win and it's high in protein and has great mixtures of macronutrients and micronutrients. Number two, the next tip is to start your planning of each meal around your protein source. You've heard me talk often throughout this podcast about the importance of protein. And I think if you can start your planning process with the lean source of protein and work off of that, you're off to a good start. So for example, if lunch you want to have boneless skinless chicken strips, start there and then figure out which healthy carbohydrates can be associated with it. Or if you're going to have some salmon for dinner, start there and then work around it and figure out which healthy carbohydrates you can have on the side. All right, the next couple of tips are going to be about food preparation and grocery shopping. So the first one is to make a grocery list and stick to it. Because you may have noticed when you go to the grocery store that the food companies are absolute experts in marketing and advertising and making foods highly palatable because they want to encourage you to purchase these foods and continue to eat them. So instead, make a grocery list in advance and stick to it. Number four, before you even leave your house to go to the grocery store, eat a healthy snack that is high in protein because this will help you to avoid buying unhealthy snacks that look appealing simply because you are hungry. Number five, when you do go to the grocery store, shop on the outside aisles because if you think about it, that's where they seem to keep most of the fruits and vegetables and healthy proteins. So again, going to the grocery store, shop on the outside aisles. It actually leads to the next tip. You minimize purchasing foods that come in boxes or bags, which is where a lot of times you'll find in the middle aisles. So again, stick to the outside, buy those fruits and vegetables and healthy proteins, and minimize what you buy in boxes and bags. This strategy will also help you to avoid consuming ultra-processed foods, a lot of those trans fats we talked about before, and saturated fats, and also a lot of those added sugars. Number six, look at the ingredients in the food labels. If there are a lot of ingredients included in some of words you can't even pronounce, it's probably not the best idea to eat it. Also, look at the labels for added sugars and try to stay away from a lot of the added sugars. Instead, again, purchase the rainbow of fruits and vegetables because we've talked about the importance of this before. And when you're there, make it a priority. Number seven, this tip is probably one of the ones that I think is most important, and i got to give my wife a lot of credit for this one because she takes the lead on it every weekend. It's a big part of what I do, and I think it could be very helpful for almost anybody, and it is to meal prep for the week. This is key. So what you can do is make healthy meals each weekend if you have more time and simply put the healthy meals in glass containers, store them in a refrigerator, and when you go to leave for work each day, you simply have to grab one from the fridge and take it with you. Because if not, you may go to work and start snacking on things that are in the office or 
going out to eat or buying unhealthy foods at fast food restaurants. So instead, meal prep on the weekends, and this can be a key for healthy nutrition. And along those same lines is have healthy snacks prepared in advance in your refrigerator so you can quickly grab something healthy instead of you know snacks or bags or boxes or whatever it may be that you would snack on otherwise. So for example, you can get a container and put lean proteins or a cup of vegetables or even a bowl of fruit so you can have something in your fridge available for when you might need a snack. Number nine is don't drink your calories. Many sodas are full of sugar. In fact, I think a a, a can of soda has a, almost 40 grams of sugar, which is like seven to 10 teaspoons of sugar. So stick to water. You can add some citrus to it, maybe a squirt of lemon or lime, and then you'll set yourself up for success. And I say, don't drink your calories. I mean, I think there's exceptions, obviously, um, with smoothies and things along those lines, but try to stay away from the sodas. Number 10 is to sleep. And it's very important for healthy nutrition. In fact, a study from the European Journal of Clinical Nutrition found that sleep deprivation also actually leads to excess calories being consumed. And those calories come from fatty foods as opposed to healthy foods and proteins. Number 11, and this is going to sound familiar if you listened to the last episode, stay away from your phone while you eat because this will help you to eliminate distracted eating and it can also help you to eat less calories. So again, when you're eating, put the phone down. And then lastly, if you need something sweet after you eat, I'm like this. I like to have something very small and sweet after I eat a meal. Have something like dark chocolate. And the darker, the better because it has less sugar in it. And in fact, there's actually many benefits of dark chocolate. It can help to elevate your mood. It releases endorphins. It can actually help with focus, concentration, and cognitive function. And it also contains iron and flavonoids. So have a small bite of dark chocolate or a handful of blueberries. And blueberries, again, are are pound for pound one of the healthiest foods you can eat. So those are the tips and strategies that you can follow Do not underestimate the power of good nutrition. It is essential for overall health and well-being. A balanced diet with the right proportions of macronutrients and micronutrients is vital for achieving optimal body weight, increasing muscle mass, reducing body fat, promoting a healthy mind, optimizing your performance, and your health as a whole. I really appreciate you taking the time to listen to the Optimal You podcast. If this episode helped you, please be sure to share it with others. Also, be sure to subscribe and leave a comment for us as it helps the show. You can follow me on Instagram at dr.danorourke, that's D-A-N-O-R-O-U-R-K-E, or you can visit my website, which is danorourkeconsulting.com. Thank you, everybody, and go be your optimal you.